You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Amen. 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 Can you hear me? We all good? I'm excited this morning. It's going to be an epic morning. It's going to be an epic morning. I felt like uh, I was... Uh, I was, I was during worship, we had all these prophetic words come up, and uh, I felt like I didn't even need to preach. It was hectic, because uh, what was being prophetically declared over us this morning, uh, essentially, is uh, the word that I have for us this morning. It's the word that I have for us. Uh, if you have your Bibles here, can I uh, encourage you to please turn to James 1. We're going to read from verse 2, and uh, just before we do that, I, uh, uh, the other morning, it was last Sunday, uh, we, we went and we got sushi for lunch. And I was like, love sushi, enjoy, enjoy sushi. And um, my, uh, my son also quite, quite, he, he, he quite enjoys sushi now as well. Uh, he's only had it a handful of times. Anyway, so, so, so there I was um, uh, with a soy sauce eating sushi with my son and I also like to have a little bit of wasabi. Wasabi with my, you see where I'm going with this? So, so, so there's my son, and he's like, Dad, what's that? And I said, my boy, this is wasabi, tastes good. Tastes good. He said, he said, can I have some? I said, of course. I said, of course, my son. You want to try some? It's a little bit, it's a little bit spicy, but yeah, try this. And so I uh, put, put a little bit on his tongue. Have you seen those videos? Have you seen those videos where uh, you give your baby a lemon? There's that, yeah, yeah, my son. <laughs> it was, it was, it was classic. <laughs> I reckon, uh, we saw tears. It, I must have hit him right in the nostrils, I reckon. <laughs> it got him in the tear ducts. It was hilarious. There I am as a, as a dad, uh, looking at my son reacting this way. And uh, 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 let me tell you, the scripture that came into my mind was this one here. <laughs> this one here, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. I was like, my boy, you know what? This for you, this is a trial that is bringing me serious joy, but you should be, count- you should be rejoicing in this. Oh, gee. So count it, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Uh, For you know that testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 12 says this, blessed is the man uh, who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Uh, which God has promised to those who love Him. We all, we all like that good action movie, you know, that, uh, the one where uh, there's a guy or, or, or a lady, and um, generally this particular person has a big set of muscles or a certain set of skills, and uh, somehow this person's family has been affected in some way, shape, or form, right? Uh, it then relies on this particular guy to go in and, or this particular lady to go in and save the day. Right? There's this romantic idea of pain and suffering coming with great victory. If you're anything like myself, 
uh, we some, uh, at least I do, have this romantic idea of joining the military, fighting for what I believe in, all right? Uh, the truth is that when, you look, when you're looking at a movie like this, uh, it's a very condensed set of circumstances uh, that we, are, that we are, are viewing in a small space of time. So it's only natural that it's, it feels good. It's only natural that, uh, well, when we see uh, a whole set of circumstances go wrong, that at the end, it all comes together and everything is well again. The hero saves the day. Not so much in real life, though. We don't see the perseverance in real life. We don't see uh, the consistent failings, the consistent starting over again, the, the, the stuff that helps us develop those skills, right? We don't see that. When it comes to our own lives, we often get stuck. We often get stuck uh, in a cycle of busyness. In a life surrounded with hopeful fantasy. The epic wow factor, where is it? That's coming to end all the mundaneness. Come on. If only I was rich. If only I had my own business. If only I could land with my bum in the butter and a silver spoon in my mouth. We question, we question our lifestyle, right? We, can, we question our lifestyle. We question the pain and the suffering. I want to live, live the epic adventure free from worry and stress. Right? Can I get away? Can I get away from this pain and suffering? We, uh, we, we went camping the other day. Um, had a lot of fun. Uh, we went to the pillows and uh, we just stayed for the one night. And uh, we... When we arrived, naturally, we had, to, um, we had to set up our tents, right? Because that's what you do when you go camping. You set up your tents. And uh, just for reasons of anonymity, I won't name this particular person. What I will say, uh, well, uh, let's, call her, let's, call her, let's call her Sarah. All right, Sarah, I haven't, I haven't picked on you. Sarah, I'm going to pick on you. Um, we'll call her Sarah. Uh, she came camping with us, and uh, she starts setting out her tent and says, I need help can't do this. Beck hears this. Beck says, don't worry, love. I'll come and help you. And then, of course, if you know me, you know that there's a, there's a bit of cheekiness that sort of comes with me. So, uh, so me and my cheekiness quote this scripture to Beck and say, like, you know, we should be counting it as, she should be finding joy in this situation that she gets to struggle putting up her tent. She should be rejoicing. Now, yes, said tongue-in-cheek, I was actually myself that landed up uh, helping her. <laughs> of course, I was the hero. I was the guy. Came to save the day. Come on. Whoa. Uh, so, you know, uh, oh, just another story quickly. Uh, <laughs> when, well, I, was, uh, I, was, I was busy cooking, in the, cooking breakfast there one day. And um, I was cooking breakfast for my wife and I. And uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a golden rule in our house. Deej does not multitask. Because things go, things go wrong when Deej multitasks. When I multitask, things go wrong. Anyway, so I'm cooking and I decide, well, let's shortcut the process. I'm going to start the eggs and then I'm going to put the toast in and I'm going to go back to the eggs. 
right, and do, what, and do what I, whatever else I need to do, right? And so there I am, I'm cooking the eggs, they were scrambled eggs, and you know, he's sort of flipping them over and trying to get them. Next minute I smell, oh, flip, burnt the toast, gosh. So go, take the toast, chuck that in the bin, put new, <laughs> put new, uh, new, new bread in the toaster. Not toast in the toaster, don't turn it down. Actually, actually, uh, I mean, my wife, uh, through a comment out there, didn't turn the toaster down. The toaster was actually broken, if you remember correctly. Anyways, <laughs> so, so there I did. I put the, I put the bread in the toaster, uh, and, uh, and I go back to, to, to doing the eggs, finish the eggs, dish up the eggs, go back to the toaster and think, oh, there's smoke there. There are, there, there are, there, there are a few things in life that uh, send me into a rage. That was one of them. <laughs> Bron comes into the kitchen, sees the commotion, and promptly exits the kitchen. <laughs> oh man! I, uh, uh, in that moment, uh, it's it's taken me a few years, but in that moment, it, I've finally gotten to the point. Maybe maybe God was building my perseverance and my steadfastness in a situation like that. You know, I say this I say this uh, in jest, but uh, there's. You know, there's, an, there's still an important point to be considered here, uh, and it's this. Hardship and trials are an important part in our relationship and our journey with God. Uh, there's no explanation of the types of trials that we'll go under. Uh, you know, uh, as humans, though, I think when it comes to our trials and hardship, our natural response is to flee or to try and get rid of the discomfort in any way, shape, or form. However, Scripture points out, that Scripture, James, points out this, that uh, it's a necessary part of our journey. Why? Because it builds our steadfastness. It builds our perseverance. Yeah. Uh, last year, we had a, uh, we had a leadership meeting. Um, it was online. Uh, it was during COVID, and Pat Steele joined us for one of those, those leadership meetings. You, um, it was a great time, and he said something profound. He said something that I'll never forget. Um, he mentioned that the mission field here in Australia is fertile ground. All too often we hear how hard it is, right? It's hard sharing the gospel. People aren't that receptive. What will people think of me? Fear fills us and we start to shrink back into the self-fulfilling prophecy, he said, where it indeed has become hard. It's not hard because... It is hard. It's hard because we say it's hard. Yeah. We've declared it hard. Yeah. What if we declared it easy? What if we declared Australia as fertile ground? Yeah. At the same time, there was this huge push for mental health, you know, and how it's, it's okay to not be okay. Um, I had this revelation through this time, uh, carrying on this, this, in this vein with Pat Steele, how, how kingdom, a kingdom mindset isn't just external, it's internal. And of course I knew that. Like, I, I mean, I knew that in theory, but there came a point where I, it was like a revelation. Oh, actually, I know that I know this now. And basically what happened was uh, uh, I, I shifted from a place of moving away from it's okay to not be okay to, well, my mind is fertile ground, Right? This is a concept I've been meditating over the last couple of years. 
I went through a period through COVID uh, where there was a lot that happened in a very short space of time. And it was all negative, personal stuff. I was in the trenches. I was fighting and contending for things that I've never had to fight and contend for before. Um, And truth be told, it it knocked my confidence. And like I said earlier, if you know me, uh, I, I, I enjoy... Um, I enjoy company. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a positive person. I, I'm a go-getter. Um, but through this period, honestly, uh, I had thoughts that it would be better if life as I knew it would just end. Honestly. This was a dark period. Uh, I, generally, I generally held this quite close to my chest. If you, I mean, you wouldn't have known this. Uh, not very many people did know it, what I was going through. Um, but for a few close individuals, uh, Mark and, 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 and Paul uh, were some of them. In fact, there were times, I remember I was on the phone once. In fact, I, said, I sent a text message to Paul, and uh, he called me because he could, he could obviously see I was in distress. And he said to me, well, on the phone, I was in tears anxious, stressed, out of my, out of my mind, and uh, spent about half an hour on the phone with me, stressed. I remember this moment of breakthrough, though. I, uh, I sent uh, Mark a text, and I said, hey, look, hey, man, I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling with my mental health here. What, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's, I'm, I'm anxious all the time. I shouldn't be anxious because everything right now is going for me. I'm okay. Uh, all the negativity has passed, but I'm, I'm, I'm anxious here. What's going on? And uh, so I went to go uh, visit Mark and uh, just explain the inner tor- turmoil that I was struggling with. Uh, he prayed for me, and uh, we went through an exercise in accessing God's presence. He said to me, start reliving those moments that you start feeling the stress. And so I pictured you know, what I'd do in those moments, and I start, it's hard to explain. It's like this cold, numbing feeling starts spreading through you. And uh, I, uh, I hated it. I hated that feeling. And, uh, and then he said this, and things started to turn. He said, where's, where's Jesus? So here I am picturing, picturing myself in this state. And he says, Where, where's Jesus? So, oh, okay. Things, things have started to turn. He then says, all right, I want you to take your anxiety and hand it to Jesus. Hand it to him. And so I, I literally pictured myself putting taking it out of me somehow, uh, putting it in a box, wrapping it up, and handing it to Jesus. I literally did that. And, uh, and the response, or the picture that I saw was actually quite hilarious. Uh, uh, Jesus comes and he, 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 he takes this box as if it was paper, scrunches it up, scrunches it up, and then goes and he boots it. Boom. <laughs> as hard and as far as he can, I actually laughed out loud, like I sniggered out loud. And uh, Mark, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mark said, uh, I, could, I could actually almost physically see the release that happened. It was like a moment, an instant, I was, uh, I was delivered. I haven't, haven't had any issues since. Yes, there's been stressful moments. Yes, there's been times of worry, but it's never gotten to a point where I have had to call in tears, stressing, crying, uh, in a heap, yeah. and it was all I had to do was really just come into God's presence. Far out, it was that simple. Far out. 
Today, today I'm talking about having grit. Love the word. Love this word. Uh, to me, it means to dig deep, right? Uh, when, uh, when the odds are stacked up against us, uh, life is hard. Uh, it's enduring so that we can persevere uh, because ultimately we come out stronger for it. Grit, by and large, is a mental game. Having a fertile mind, just as Pat Steele had mentioned that Australia is a fertile place. Our minds can be fertile places. Having a fertile mind is about grit. It's about digging deep, not letting the bad stuff get to us. John 8, uh, verses 31 to 32, says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know me and have seen him. It's okay to not be okay. If this is something that you've contended for, can I say this? With all the love in my heart, can I say this? It's unhelpful. What if we started training our minds to declare that my Identity is in who God says I am instead of what the world says I am. It's okay to not be okay. No, God says this. You are free. The truth sets you free. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's through Jesus we get set free. Hear my heart in this. If you're here today where it is a struggle, uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever that looks like. Uh, can I say this? I'm not calling you a dirty, rotten sinner. Because you're not. But what I am saying is if you've come here, that is okay like that. But to leave like that, can I say that's not. And I'll tell you why. To leave here without, at the very least, a commitment to changing this mindset because your mind, God, God, God wants our minds to be fertile ground. God wants us to have a mind that uh, can grow, that isn't held captive by darkness or, or, or whatever can hold us back. All right? Begin the healing process. For myself, it was an instant. For, for others, it's a process. It's a journey. Liana spoke an amazing word last week. If you haven't heard it, can I, I want to encourage you to please listen to it because it was a, it was a great, great preach. Um, part of what she talks about is how our state of living right, can affect our spiritual lives. She was speaking about how uh, she had been unwell, physically sick for a while. And uh, not only her, then her family members, uh, and, then, and then her again, and then her family members. And it was almost like there was this never-ending cycle that was starting to develop. Um, and then you also add the busyness of life to that and you get a person who's extremely drained. Sound familiar? At least it does in our household. Um, and she was honest about how she, you know, she stepped out and stepped out in faith. She came, she came forward and asked God to fill her and nothing happened twice. 
In two different attempts, nothing happened. And then at a quip, uh, she did get filled. She did get filled with the Holy Spirit. But, and through that time, you know, burdens were lifted, energy was restored, and she was a joyous self again. Right? All this to tell you, Liana, I was, I was, I was listening to your preach. But it could have been easy for her to lose faith in that instant. Um, and yet a fertile mind's response is this, Jesus died for me so that I can have a relationship with him. I'm not gonna lose hold of that just because I haven't met with him or, or he hasn't come on two different occasions. Actually, scripture says that he died for me so that I can have a relationship with him. I'm gonna continue pursuing God. For, for, for Liana in this case, it wasn't instant was a process. Sometimes that process is longer. For myself, it was an instant. For her, it wasn't. But breakthrough came. So how, how, how can we sort of move forward when we're in a place where our mind is our trap, right? Where our mind is a trap. Uh, there are some helpful thoughts uh, from our previous, our previous uh, church leader. His name was Grant Crawford. Um, uh, he would, he would have this saying that he used when he did some leadership training with us. Uh, he said this, uh, he said that our doctrine determines our theology, our theology determines our priorities, and our priorities dictate our diaries. Well, you may ask, what's the difference between doctrine and theology? Well, doctrine is keeping the main thing the main thing, right? Theology is unpacking the main thing, uh, which we then can sort of, digest and shape our lives from. Uh, in other words, we, we allow God to dictate what's important and shape our lives around His perspective of what is important and what He has called us into. It's a, it's a, it's a calling into, right? Uh, Jesus died and, resurrect, and, and was resurrected to save us from a life of eternal separation from God. Right? So what does that mean for my priorities in serving Him? So I've got a few examples here of uh, doctrine, theology, priority. Uh, an example, God, God heals, right? Theology, how does God heal? What happens in the healing process? Why? Why does God heal? Our priorities then that stem from this, well, actually, we've got to be looking after ourselves. We've got responsibility. Maybe it's diets, maybe it's gym. But there's a third one that we shouldn't, Discount, what about our testimony? If God heals, maybe He wants us to testify to others of His goodness. Another example God is our provider. Why does He provide? Uh, how does He provide? When does He provide? That'll be an example of theology. Priority you may have been given a job. Right? Do the job diligently. Right? In this case, it's likely the theology behind the why. It's likely behind the, uh, the theology, sorry, behind the why does he provide is, is, is likely a double-edged sword in the sense that, yes, he is providing for you. You get physical money at the end of the day that pays for the bills, right? But there's a second component. It's a mission field to see the kingdom advance. It's for God's provision, right? Uh, Isaiah 45, verse 18 to 19 says this. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, he is God who formed the earth and made it. And there is no other, oh, sorry, uh, from the earth and made it. He established it and he did not create it empty. He formed it and 
he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. See, God is our creator. He determines what is right and wrong. And as we follow him to dictate what's important, ultimately what we find is, uh, well, uh, when we, when it, it's him that dictates our life, that should be dictating our lifestyle, right? Uh, even when things are a consistent struggle. In fact, when you look at uh, uh, John 16, verses 32 to 33, Jesus is talking about tribulation. He says, behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is in me. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world we will have tribulation. And tribulation, if you don't know what that means, it means like great trouble, it means, it means suffering, right? Great trouble and suffering. Maybe you're going through this right now. Maybe your mind is a battlefield. Maybe you're sick, maybe you're hurt, or maybe you're even just going through the grind, like Leanna was. Wake up, get ready, go to work, come back home from work, make dinner, watch TV, go to bed, only to wake up and do it all again. Living for the weekend. Ah, oh, weekend is over. Flat. Can't wait for the weekend again. Oh, I'm tired. You know, when... Uh, when Matt offered me the shot to preach this morning, it took me a few hours to respond. I got it, I got it almost immediately, but it took a few hours to respond. And honestly, uh, the first thought that popped into my mind wasn't, man, this is a privilege, come on. It wasn't, my, my heart didn't skip a beat, like it usually does whenever something like this has happened previously. No, no the first thought that popped into my mind was, flap, if I, if I say yes, this is just another thing I need to do. It's busy. It's been a busy time. I, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, I, even, uh, I went home to, to, to Bron and I was like, Matt asked, Matt asked me to preach on you know, this date. And she was like, awesome, you know, you're going to do it? And I said, oh, it's just another thing I've got to do. I eventually came uh, to this conclusion that you always come to in situations like this. Change your attitude, Deej. Dig deep. Dig deep. This is a privilege, and, and it is. And so publicly, Matt, thanks. I honestly, I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, so we've been talking about priorities, right? Talking about priorities, making sure that our priorities are set straight. And so three areas of priorities I wanna digest over this short while uh, that help us dig deep and that uh, should be reflected in our diaries in some way, shape, or form. And the first one is this. It's the most important. Spend time with Jesus. Leanna mentioned something incredibly last week, incredibly important last week um, during a preach. If we are not spending time with Jesus, it kind of reflects the issue that he is not a priority. Ouch. Matthew, Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46 says this. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, 
Then Jesus went with them to the place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here, watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup from me uh, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, so you, you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went and he prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went and he prayed the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take a rest later on. See the hour has come. See the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Jesus, in his moments of anguish, uh, he's so sorrowful to the point where he says, I'm sorrowful to the point of death. It's, it's been described uh, that Jesus in this moment was so troubled that he was sweating blood. Imagine being that stressed. And his response is to be with his father. If you're anything like me, uh, I just wanted to get, get on with it, get rid of the, the problem. When it, when it comes to the stress or whatever's causing the stress, get, get on with it, like work through it, figure out a way just to bury it and, 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 and move on. Some, their response may be to run and hide. I've, I've done that too. Jesus prayed. Jesus spent time with the God, with, 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 with his Father, preparing himself for what was about to happen. The hardest trial of his life. See, Jesus modeled what relationship with God looks like. In Matthew 14, verses uh, 22 to 27, uh, Jesus says, had this... He's had a full-on three days. He's just fed the 5,000. He has been in the ground. Immediate, uh, this is uh, from verse 22. It says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch in the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. You see, Jesus dismisses the crowd, uh, sends his disciples, and then goes up the mountain to go and be with God. He modeled what relationship looked like, right? Jesus spends time with God, and then next minute, he's walking on water, what? Hectic. <laughs> What's walking on water look like to you? Could it be that you step out in faith and, and find a miracle occurs? Could, you, could it be that you pray for someone and they get healed? Could it be that you share your faith and someone gets saved? Could it be a mindset change? No longer held captive but free. Where, where, where your mind was potentially shallow before is now fertile. There's growth opportunity there. No longer held captive by your mind, but actually free. Or a strengthening of the mind. 
In our suffering, not letting the suffering or the trial dictate our lives, but rather continuing to pursue uh, the relationship with God. A fertile mind. Spend time with Jesus so that you can spend, so that you can walk in water. Spend time with God so that he can have, so that you can have the strength to face what's coming, whatever that may be. Because we as Christians face trials. Everybody faces trials, not just Christians, everybody. But having the God as the source of our strength helps us walk on water. Not only that, but it's also rewarding spending time with Jesus. Matthew 6 verse 6 is this, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It's rewarding. It's amazing spending time with God. The second priority that should reflect in our diaries is this thing of rest. Resting. But in the context of God's kingdom, not at the expense of God's kingdom. Matthew 11 verses 27 to 30 says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. At this time, Jesus is is, is preaching and teaching in the crowds in a city, uh, following John the Baptist's imprisonment, and he's addressing the crowd. He's saying part of his message is that of uh, unrepentant hearts result in the judgment of God. He then goes and says, he then goes and follows that up with this particular scripture. See, Jesus is telling them, he's he's making a point here, uh, turn from your ways and recognize that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's saying. The life the life that I have for you, take on my yoke and you will have rest. Jesus says in me you will have peace. If if you are in the grind, if you are hurting, if you are suffering, can I just say, uh, if your soul is troubled, Jesus says in him you will have peace. But there's something that we need to recognize here. All right, he says this, he says, my yoke is easy. Take on my yoke because it's easy. It's a It's a fascinating part of the verse. Sounds like the kingdom of God to me. Think of it like this. The kingdom of God is where he rules and reigns, right? And if we are coming to him and taking on his yoke, this sounds to me like we live in obedience to him. It's the kingdom of God. And so when we we are obedient to God, we we find peace. Rest in the context of the kingdom, make room to hear God and then go and obey him. Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. I I really like this scripture. It says, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the uh, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
Resting in God brings us strength. Resting in God helps us soar. Soar like eagles. Lifts us up. Uh, The third priority uh, that uh, should reflect in our diaries and that we see in Scripture is this um, of team and fellowship. Not doing it ourselves. In the Scripture I read earlier with in Matthew uh, 26, where uh, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, he says one of the most fascinating things to his closest three. He says, my soul is very sorrowful, sorrowful even to the point of death. Remain here and watch with me. Watch with me in my anguish. Jesus lets his friends in on the turmoil he's in, the suffering he feels. Why? Uh, even at this low point, why, why does Jesus do that? Perhaps to show them how to deal with inner turmoil. But what we do know is this, Jesus modeled team. Even in his anguish, he modeled team. Have people that you can go to. Be accountable. If you're not in a discipleship group, can I encourage you to go to a discipleship group for this reason? If you can't find one, maybe you should start one. Cheeky little, sorry, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Maybe you should start one. Galatians 6 verses 1 to 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted to. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. Look out for each other. Team, fellowship, it's a priority. Had this interaction with Chloe uh, last week. She said, uh, well, uh, she asked me how I was doing. In typical Deej uh, cheekiness. Oh, living the dream, Chloe. Living the dream. She laughs and we, we had a bit of a laugh together. And she, uh, naturally this was being sarcastic because I wasn't living the dream. It's been a grind. I've been in the grind, right? Um, but she says this, I've, you know, she says, I've been hearing that quite often lately. And it got me thinking that maybe the people we are in contact with, if she's been hearing that often, maybe the people around us um, on a daily basis are calling out for something. Perhaps we need the trials to realize our shot at living an epic adventure is by following Jesus. Spending time with him, prioritizing him. Christianity is not easy. Uh, we need, it, it, it takes courage to follow Jesus. Especially these days, where in the media you get taken apart for, for following him. In any case, it, 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 it takes courage and your faith is going to be tested. Scripture says that, your faith is going to be tested. You're going to require courage. great to practice it in the grind, in the hurt, in the suffering. Digging deep is not a luxury, especially for Christians. It's not a luxury for people, but especially for Christians. It's a requirement. Having a fruitful mind is a requirement. Luckily enough for us, grit, resilience is found in Jesus. Our minds are fertile grounds because of what Jesus has done. There's freedom in what 
there's this freedom in Jesus. Uh, God loves you. He loves you. So my encouragement, dig deep. Dig deep. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.